We selling Kush and pills. Anything for the dollar bills. They know what's in the hood to the hills. Got these bad bitches in they fields, but this is for my niggas on the front line. East side, east side, east side, Long Beach. Real niggas grew up in the free lunch line. East side, east side, east side, Long Beach. It's still a marathon in this motherfucker. Niggas smoking marijuana in this motherfucker. Staples Center with LeBron in this motherfucker. Kobe Bryant, Black Mamba, you motherfuckers. You know what's up, rolling up, pulling up. My committee is showing up. Shooting videos in my city, my niggas is going nuts. We animals, look us up. The director shook his fuck. Pointing hammers at the camera, what side are you throwing up? When Jay lost 92 bricks and he had to fall back. Y'all thought it was all rap, y'all thought it was all cap. For plugs, I know 92 is a small pack. Niggas with submarines, dealers that never saw crack. I hang with gangsters who get deported. That cane just get imported. Too dangerous to get exposed. Started, get sprayed when the hit is ordered Gun banging your shit's in orbit Don't play with them niggas, forfeit the game Or get murdered and it ain't reported Mob shit, Tyrannosaurus and black fedoras When we see the pigs passing the Taurus We rap the chorus up, fuck the police Cause they just got a casket for us They acting like if you're born black then you asking for it I brought the dirty bread home to get mama some help I might as well been a clone cause I father myself Dropping my baby mama off in college In my olive impala Picture with dropout who got knowledge of cell uh, The black man's a Welcome to the Hood Lovely Podcast. I'm your gracious host, Mitchell Brown. Thank you for being here this morning, this evening, this afternoon, tomorrow night. Whenever you have it, whenever you choose to take time out of your precious, beautiful life to, uh, Listen to this Hood Loves Me podcast. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, subscribe, rate, comment. Shout out all my first time listeners. Shout out all my listeners that don't live in the United States, that um, support the fight against white supremacy that we've been having pretty publicly in the United States. And I'm not really sure if all people that are there and when I say there, I mean in the U.S., right? I'm not sure that all people that are there are fighting for the same cause, but th- that's how I view it, right? I mean, some people say it seems like it's a fight against the government, but they only say that because the government's beating white people up. But, you know, it felt, I mean, emotional when we see clips of people in New Zealand, and and we're talking maybe, I mean, thousands, tens of thousands, I mean, just in the street and chanting, you know, Black Lives Matter. That's so, I mean, that was, that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was big. That was, that was, that was big. You know, people, um, um, in Greece setting it on U.S. embassies, right? People, um, in London setting it on U.S. embassies, you know, like, 18 countries, all 50 states. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I'm so glad that the media is, it shows, and I, I don't know, I don't know, you know, if, if it's chopped. I'm not sure how much of it's live, but um, I've seen a clip of uh, the police or, you know, jackasses with police flavored ride gear. Um, 
pushed down some 70-year-old dude in Salt Lake City, had a cane. You know what I'm saying? See this old white dude with a cane, cops come push him down. Like, damn. You know, most of us seen the 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 clip, what they did to, to, to old boy in Buffalo. And I say this. You know, cops can't be tough and, and sensitive at the same time. You can't all quit because two of your homeboys got jammed up doing something on TV. I know uh, protocol is, you know, video evidence applies to everybody else except the boys in blue. But you can't all quit. Cops in Philadelphia, you can't threaten to to call out sick for a protest because one of you may be brought up on assault charges. <clears throat> if the motherfucker assaulted him, hello? Right? We, we, we can't, I mean, so the way I view it as a, as a black American, right? This is a, this is a, this is a fight against white supremacy. Um, that may have been how it started. Um, and, and maybe some of our international brothers and sisters are fighting against the empire of the United States. I don't know. Um, but the United States definitely has a lot of blood on its hands. I mean, I posted this on one of my social media accounts the other day, um, cause there's a young brother in Jersey who was murdered by the cops. Unfortunately, we haven't seen the video there. There isn't video evidence yet. I mean, there is video evidence of, of the, the cops body cam, um, which, you know, we probably never, we'll, we'll never see that. I just seen the Sandra Bland video, um, that I've never seen. I was recently released. You know what I'm saying? Um, damn, I just lost my train of thought just like that. Oh yeah. If the United States or if any country was treating its citizens in the way that the United States government treats its black citizens, the United States would have invaded that country and, and overthrew that country's government. This is, I mean, this is close. This is very, this, it feels like a genocide. I don't want to be hyperbolic, but that's what it feels like. And it's so glad to have all of these people, it seems, on our side. I just hope it's not symbolic. That's all. I just hope it's not symbolic, you know. But um, we got a great episode. Uh, I recorded this episode um, from my patio, so I'm not sure how the audio will will be, but um, it was a great day, and I wanted to sit outside and record in the sun for you guys and work on my tan. So sit back, strap in, and uh, we'll be right back after these quick messages. Talk to y'all soon. Yo, yo, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So glad to be here. So glad to be here. Listen, this is, I'm going to be completely honest. A, apologize for being late. Right, because we know that there's so many important things for us to talk about. And this episode is going to be a lot like last week's, where, <clears throat> uh, you know, we, we kind of build into the seriousness. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm going to apologize in advance if there's any 
background noise, outside noise, um, anything like that. Because this is one of, actually, this is the only time, this is my first time that I'm recording outside. I am recording outside, ladies and gentlemen, because it is a lovely day, lovely day. It's a lovely day around my way. And um, this past weekend, I've been taking Zoom calls from outside um, on the patio and Part of the reason why I'm recording this late, so my mom, right? Not to blame it on my mom, because I love my mom. My mom's awesome. But my mom, she kind of put together an impromptu seafood boil this weekend. Um, And I'd like to say that I was the good son and I helped out. You know, I helped uh, uh, helped her carry groceries in her house, and 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 I helped her cook and prepare, and I helped her. I, and, you know, I wish I could say I helped her do any of that. I did not. I I did help clean up. Um, and if by clean up you mean eat as much food as possible, I did that. And she also made some sangria, and I was obligated to find a good home for that also. I was I was obligated to clean that. So I helped with the cleanup efforts, um, with the deconstruction, none of the construction. You know what I'm saying? So, ladies and gentlemen, I wish that we could talk about how wrong I was with Insecure. I told some some of my friends I had a prediction that last week's episode, the uh, the episode where Lawrence had directed the episode, um, last week's episode when Condola was calling Lawrence, I was, my, my suspicion, my prediction was that Condola got Lawrence pregnant. That's right. You guys heard me correct. Condola got Lawrence pregnant. One one day I'm going to do an episode. I would like it to be a collaborative effort, but I would like to maybe host um like a like a like a game workshop or something like that. Because ladies absolutely be getting niggas pregnant. Um but but what whatever. I appear to be wrong. That does not seem to be where uh, the season is going. Um, I maintain that this is the best season of Insecure thus far, um, in my opinion. Uh, I think they're, they are doing a hell of a job. Each episode is very well done. Uh, the, more, the, the most recent episode, I believe Kerry Washington directed that episode. Um, great job by her. I thoroughly enjoyed that episode. Excuse me one second. Taking a sip of my beverage here. I'm trying to the 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 thing about recording in 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 the sun, I guess, or recording outside is um the way my patio is set up, right? Uh, the way the sun's positioned right now. I'm trying to stay out of it. No, like I want my body in it so I can work on my pan, but I want my drink out of it so 
So you hear the ice in my cup twirling around. That's what it is. But I wish we could talk about the ins and outs of Insecure, the dynamic between Issa and Molly, and Molly and uh, her Asian boo, and how she's going to ruin that relationship by not accepting that man's brother. Um, but 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 that dynamic between Molly and the the, the brother uh, kind of ties into the theme of the show. One thing that you're going to hear me say throughout the show is, "You owe a debt, or a debt is owed," right? Because a debt is owed. A debt is owed. Let's 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 be real about it. A debt is fucking owed. So. I wish we could talk about, oh, I, I was just talking about Molly. Yvonne Orji has, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I hope I am. But she has a comedy special out, a stand-up special on HBO, and we'd love to talk about that. I would love to talk about that. I just don't think we're going to have the time to talk about that. But please check out her special. Um, I I think that we should support uh, more women stand-up specials especially black women, stand-up specials, regardless regardless of how I feel about the Molly character. Some of us often, we, we uh, view these characters like they are who they are. Like Yvonne Orji has a whole different story, a whole different, you know, she is a real person. Molly is a fictional character. So you can dislike Molly and still want to support Yvonne. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but I think that we need to support women comedians, especially black women comedians, because there's this myth. Um, and, and you know, as much as I may want to contradict it, the, 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 the myth is rooted in misogyny. Uh, there's a, a myth that women aren't funny. And, um, yeah, that's that's not, uh, I mean, I don't know who the fuck these niggas be talking to or what type of women they be around. But, um, or maybe I just have poor taste of humor. I don't know. But uh, I know hella funny women. Um. Yeah. Well, we uh, even that we, even that we don't have time to talk about, right? Because there's so much. So listen. All right. All right. All right. Where, where to start? Let, you know what? Let's start with the losers. Let's start with the people that um did not fare well this week, right? And what I mean by that is, I mean the the, the people that have gotten fired or have lost money, have lost business, because um, they either really, really want to cling to this white supremacy thing. There's a phrase being thrown around on my timeline pretty frequently called read the room. They do not know how to read the room. Um, Or they're just stupid. There's a guy, Jared Aversano, I hope I'm saying his name, he's from New York somewhere. And um, he made a post on social media where this idiot is like, oh, I I just bought this, you know, AR-15, if you blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I'm going to shoot whoever, like, whatever. I don't remember what he said. It was some stupid shit. But this guy works at his parents' Remax office um, in New York somewhere. And the Internet is what the Internet is, and people are... Going at Remax, asking Remax, you know, hey, 
is this is this the people that you want to support? Um, these people work for your company or they're franchised with your company. Blah 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 blah. Boom 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 boom. Um, and and again, I could you imagine? Could could you imagine if your idiot son makes a post on social media and ruins a business that you and your wife have built? Or you and your husband have built, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Your 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 idiot son that works for you makes a post to ruin your business. Could you imagine? Like you know what I'm saying? Just 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 think about that. Whether and honestly, the the thing that's crazy is the parents may not even agree with the son's supposed views. Parents may be the nicest people, the soil, the salt of the earth type of people. The parents may very well be the allies that black people need to defeat this enemy that we've always been fighting, and that enemy is white supremacy. Could you imagine your idiot son fucking that up for you because he made a 20-second video for a bunch of nobodies on his social media account? If this was any other period of time, I would feel sorry for the Aversano family because they might be a good family who may not deserve the backlash that they're receiving. But that's the optimist in me. And unfortunately, because there is a debt owed, it is irresponsible for me to give compassion to people that may or may not give compassion to me. Right? And I know what you guys are thinking. Mitch is being negative. Some of you may even be thinking Mitch is being racist. I push back against it. Black people can't be racist. We can be prejudiced. But also, we just don't have the social capital anymore. Right? We're seeing what, what, everybody's kind of circling their own wagon. Everybody's kind of going back to their own corners, re-strategizing, reorganizing, and trying to figure out what the next plan of action is. You know what I'm saying? Also, I'm going to talk about some black people, too, that lost. Um, Virgil lost. Good, bad, otherwise, Virgil lost. And unfortunately, Virgil hits a stereotype that a lot of black immigrants or parents of black, excuse me, or or children of black immigrants have to answer for, right? Whenever you listen to black women speak about interracial dating, uh, one of the points that black women always make is, why is it that as soon as a brother gets on, he got to go get a white girl on his arm? And, you know, they, they point to, you know, cats in NBA, Major League Baseball, actors, musicians, whomever. And then we got Virgil. I don't know this dude Virgil too much. Um, I don't own any off-white stuff. I, I, I mean, some of it, I, I, I don't see the draw behind it. I just feel like because it's, it comes at a high price, um, people gravitate towards it. I don't. I mean, there's a few sneakers that I like, but there's some that are just like, yo, that's, you know, those look like a pair of shoes that I have, except minus the orange, you know, zip tie. Whatever, Virgil who may have just 
made a mistake or or made or did an innocent gesture with trying to match something that was forward to him. Somebody probably forwarded him something and saying, hey, I just put up 50, match my 50. He matched the guy's 50 that probably sent it to him and, 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 and passed it on. One of those things, which in any other circumstance would be something that is harmless. And quite frankly, me personally, I don't have a problem with Virgil only putting $50,000 into this particular pot. You know what I'm saying? If that's the thing that they're doing where everybody's throwing in 50 and you throwing 50 and then and boom, boom, boom. But if you start something with all your rich friends and you say, yo, I just put in 20, match my 20, that's something different. However, not everybody is as sensible as me. So Virgil had to answer for his choices. And I'm cool with Virgil having answer for his choices because um, while there are many allies of black Americans that are not, that are still black people in America, but just not black Americans, what I mean by that is there are many allies whose parents and grandparents come from Caribbean countries, many allies to black Americans from Haiti, from Jamaica, from the Bahamas, from the Virgin Islands, um, Anguilla, all over the Caribbean, many. There are some, there are some that are anti-black empowerment. Some. Now is the time for the many allies that we have, black allies, who are not black Americans by birth, to get that in order. I believe Virgil's family is from Ghana. Um, I know some homies whose family is from Ghana, um, but not just my Ghanaian homies, you know, my, my, my people from that part of Africa, people from West Africa, get your boy in check, let him know, Hey man, listen, it's a sensitive time. And a lot of people ain't really got the patience to deal with your shit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I am I am extremely disappointed in, and I wish I could remember her name. I guess I'm not. I guess I'm not that disappointed in right if I can't remember her name. But um, this is a time where all of the chicks that we follow on Instagram—not all, but some of the chicks we follow on Instagram—strictly for aesthetic purposes, because you look good in your pictures. I hate when you women, and I, and I almost said the B word, I'm really trying hard not to say the B word, but I hate when you women fuck up your aesthetic. You know, not to be misogynist or nothing like that, but God damn it, we don't always want to hear you talk. Says a motherfucker with a podcast, right? You don't want to hear me talk either. I know, I know, I know, I know. But there was, there was some woman that I used to follow because she looked good in her pictures. And then the George Floyd got killed and she starts posting all this conspiracy theory crap. Now, I'm with a good conspiracy theory. I'm down for a good conspiracy theorist. I'll, you know, I'll talk the shit with you. We'll laugh and we'll joke and we'll compare and we'll do all of that stuff. 
But when you start talking about like George Floyd was a 33rd degree Mason and uh, the Illum- and, and uh, the police officers that killed him are crisis actors. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I seen some idiot post. Uh, you could tell this is a ploy by the Illuminati because uh, George Floyd was Stephen Jackson's stunt double. Like Stephen Jackson was on television all week. The, the the week that George Floyd got murdered. All week saying, you know, how he and George Floyd were friends growing up, really good friends, and a lot of people called them twins because they looked similarly. You guys aren't breaking any news. This is this is this is no theory. Right? Our favorite fucking Instagram thought, Brittany Renner. Brittany, you're gonna ruin it, baby. You're gonna ruin it. You're gonna ruin it. I don't know if she's having a relationship with the guy she keeps citing as her source for all of this bullshit. Just bullshit. I mean, it's just bullshit. You're gonna ruin it, man. This is this is this is this is this is supposed to be fun. You're gonna ruin it, right? So so I mean, no, there's no there's no time for that, right? We I I, I believe no, actually, Brittany Renner's biracial. Brittany Renner's mom is white. I consider biracial people to be black. Even if some biracial people don't consider themselves to be black, there are some black people that don't consider themselves to be black, a la Mike Tirico. Uh Just, you know, like Google that when you're bored. But anyway, losers. Who else? Who else? James Dolan. Ugh. And I mean, you figure James Dolan will be used to losing. Um, James Dolan, and again, this was something else that I didn't necessarily have a problem with. James Dolan, because it, and, and, and let me be clear. I'm not the person that needs uh, to hear from insert corporation here, insert person here. I don't, I don't need to hear that. That's not, I don't need to. Um, if you feel like you have nothing valuable to bring to the table, don't bring nothing. Totally fine with me. James Dolan sent out a memo internally. James Dolan, for those that don't know, is the owner of the New York Knicks, New York Rangers, Madison Square Garden, um, I believe Radio City Music Hall, and um, maybe 40% of Long Island. Uh, second generation money, might I add. Um, James Dolan, who the organization in which he controls the New York Knicks has been a leader in providing black people with front office positions, providing black people with head coaching positions, almost to the detriment of his team, right? I mean, if you think about the white guys that James Hold, that James Dolan hired recently, I mean, I mean, you're, you're talking giants in the sport of basketball. I mean, like Larry Bird, he hired. I'm excuse me, Larry Brown, not Larry Bird. Larry Brown, he hired, who um, I believe is one of the only coaches, if not the only coach, to win a national championship in college basketball coaching, as well as an NBA championship coaching in professional basketball. I believe Larry Brown is 
one of the only, if not the only people to do that, and Phil Jackson, who, giant ambassador. That's the, you know what I'm saying? Where James Dolan's hiring approach is almost reverse. Whereas though, yeah, it's, it's easy to, to say like, oh, you know, we want all of our black talent to be Barack Obama. It's easy to say that, but, you know, Barack Obama is an exceptionally talented individual, right? There, there, there have been tons of presidents who were not as capable, as qualified as Barack Obama. They just happen to be white. You know what I'm saying? So, so James Dolan is like, if you're a white guy, you have to be at the top of the food chain if you're a white guy. You know what I'm saying? So give black people that job. It's just that, James, bro, nobody wants to hear from you. So now that nobody wants to hear from you, because we feel like this is a time when, you know, at the very least, the very least, we want people to lie to us. Lie to us. Lie to us and tell us you believe in diversity and inclusion. And you stand for the fight against racism. Lie to me in your corporate statements when, you know, you don't, um, you don't, you don't, you don't have any black people in your executive team. Lie to me. Lie to me. We want to be lied to. Right? We want to be lied to. And now some, some people are catching the backlash. Uh, shout out to Gabrielle Union. Um, Gabrielle Union clapped back at the N and I was gonna say NAACP at the NBC uh, at the NBC statement, right? Because you know she has her issues with um, NBC, and yeah, that's yeah, Gabrielle Union. I I support you in that for sure. Um. Some people personally that I know, you know, work for these corporations and they're like, yo, my job full of shit. And and it puts people, it puts people, particularly the women that I've spoken to, I've maybe spoken with um, maybe four or five professional black women that are in my network um, who are, you know, for all intents and purposes, very good at their job. And they're, you know ambitious and talented and they're trying to climb their corporate ladder for whatever corporation they work for and um they have to determine all types of things that are unfair for them to determine they have to determine whether or not to stand up for their people publicly or advance their career that's a terrible choice for somebody to be forced to make in my opinion terrible choice for somebody to be forced to make right but that's where we are Right? There's a debt that is owed. You know what I'm saying? There's debt there's a debt that we that, that is owed. Right? Um all of these corporate all these corporate all these corporations, listen, all these corporate statements fail in comparison to Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry set the bar. And you know what? I'm gonna read this Ben and Jerry statement. Where it says that uh blah 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 blah. The murder of George Floyd was the result of inhumane police brutality that is perpetrated by a culture of white supremacy. Kudos to them. 
if you notice, none of these corporate, none of these corporate statements say anything about white supremacy, say anything about police brutality. It's always about what we, what, what, what it is that we're going to do, not what we're against. What happened to George Floyd was not the result of a bad apple. It was a predictable consequence of a racist and prejudiced system and culture that has created, excuse me, that has treated black bodies as the enemy from the beginning. What happened to George Floyd in Minneapolis is the fruit born of toxic seeds planted on the shores of our country in Jamestown in 1619 when the first enslaved men and women arrived on this continent. Floyd is the latest in a long list of names that stretches back to the time, to that time and that shore. Some of those names we know, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, Oscar Grant, Eric Garner, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Emmett Till, Martin Luther King Jr. Most, we don't. Mic drop. Perfect. Kudos to Ben and Jerry for staying consistent. Ben and Jerry always gives it up like that. Ben and Jerry always stands for the people. That's what it seems like, at least. And I'm a fan of their ice cream. I remember in college, eh, whatever, I'm not going to tell too much of my business. I feel like I tell too much of my business as this, right? But um, let me see. Let me see. We got that. We got, uh, oh, man. I would, I would not be doing my job on this podcast if I did not talk about the NFL. And, and listen, let, let, let me be clear. Whitney's Corporation these huge multinational conglomerate corporations say things like we vehemently stand against systemic racism. Like is, is systemic racism going to be the new catchphrase, the new buzzword to kind of indemnify ourselves of any wrongdoing? Because yo, Coca-Cola, I don't know if you know this, but you're the system. NBC, I don't know if you know this, but you're the system. The National Football League, I don't know if you guys know this, but you're the system. You guys should be leaders on this. And it should be easy for you to be leaders on this. It should be easy for you corporations to be leaders, especially you corporations you corporations that are centered on entertainment, okay? I don't want to hear from the, the players. I don't want to hear from the talent. A lot of people are saying, um, you know, we need to hear from some of these musicians, some of these rap artists, and some of these. And I don't, be, I don't believe we do need to hear from them. Uh, these, these, these guys are creatives. And um, it takes a lot of work to make it to that level in music, in, in entertainment of any kind, sports, rapping, acting. And because of that investment in your craft, you may not have had the time to invest in becoming more knowledgeable about the shit that you're going to talk about. So I'm totally fine if Young Thug doesn't say anything about this. I don't need to hear from him. I'm fine if he doesn't. I'm fine if Future doesn't say anything about this. I'm fine. I'm fine if the baby or Lil whoever don't say nothing about this. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine. Totally fine. 
I do want to hear from their labels. I do want to hear from their white executives. Because this is a time where we can't afford to give people any benefit of the doubt. There's a debt that's owed. So when you got someone like a Drew Brees who gets trapped in a question that should have been easily avoided if he had the proper amount of, of uh, media training, looking at the response that his team put out, uh, his public relations team, it seems like they're a bunch of nincompoops on Drew Brees' staff. Drew Brees, who I don't have a problem with. He plays a really nice man on television. Don't know the guy personally. But um, he was asked about uh, national anthem protests during football games. And he gave the answer that he always gives, the answer that works. He's guilty of giving an answer off of muscle memory. Talked about his father, I mean, his grandfather who served in the military and you know, sometimes he gets emotional thinking about it and blah, 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 blah. And, and people have accused Drew Brees of being a, a, a white supremacist. I don't know if that's true or not. However, based off of the way Drew Brees answered that question, I can tell you that he's selfish as hell. One thing that I know, and this is coming from a nigga that's selfish because I am selfish. One thing that I noticed is, how fast he started talking about himself and talk about not being able to read the room. The last thing people in America want to hear Drew Brees is what rich white men do and what affects rich white men. Rightfully or wrongfully. The last thing people want to hear. Right? He didn't say anything. He, he, he could use that to talk about. He, he could say, you know, usually I think about this um, between from, from this lens. But I'm learning more and more that a lot of people aren't fortunate enough to live the way I do. So in terms of protesting, I'm going to wait to decide what our leadership does in terms of our coaches and our front office staff. I'm going to wait to talk to my teammates to see what we want to do so we can put out a unified front. I, I don't have enough information to answer about what my other team is going to do because this is so much greater than me. So anything like that, Drew, would have been safe. But now, nah, bro, you immediately hop in I, me, I, me, and your bullshit tears and all that, and here we are. Never mind the fact, right? You offend all of you, not just Drew Brees, but all of you white people offend black people greatly when you talk about your granddad in the military like y'all are the only ones who have grandparents that fought in the military you're not it's just that my pop pop fights and he comes home from vietnam korea world war ii whatever and he can't vote when he hits the shores of the united states he can't stay at whatever hotel his white friends stay at he can't eat at the same restaurants that they eat at even if he's wearing his uniform See what I'm saying? Um, even now, we have tons of videos of white people still acting an ass because they believe in white supremacy. And the type of things, like, if you don't like this country, if you don't like our police, go back to Africa, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
baby, black Americans have fought in every single war the United States has ever had. It was a black man named Crispus Attucks that shed blood for this nation. First, was the first person to die for this nation before this nation was a nation. I believe the Boston Massacre was 1770. Tea Party, 76, uh, 1773. Declaration of Independence, signed 1776. And, um, yeah. Yeah. There's a debt that's old. There's a debt that's old because a lot of our ancestors in the military were denied of their GI Bill because of racism. A debt is owed. You see what I'm saying? So, Drew Brees quickly uh, 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 apologized. Um, some of his coworkers, colleagues, former and present, told him how how he felt, and a lot of them seem like really nice people. I've met Ed Reed on a few on a few occasions. Ed Reed seems like a really it seems like you have to do a lot to irritate Ed Reed, and Drew Brees did it. Ed Reed was irritated. Never mind all of the great work that Drew Brees has done for the city of New Orleans, and that's and and that particularly kind of struck a chord with me because Drew Brees is heralded as the hero that resurrected New Orleans post Katrina. Listen, the Saints were never good. I don't know what this resurrection was. The Saints were never, ever good. But, you know, Drew Brees was at the front of that. Drew Brees did a lot of work in the community, helping brothers that were just recently, you know, like let out of prison in that area. Drew Brees did a lot of work to help change a lot of people's lives in Louisiana. However, there are people in New Orleans that feel like the federal government of the United States of America turned their backs on them. If you talk to somebody from New Orleans about Hurricane Katrina and the involvement that they believe the federal government had, I mean, just shut up and listen, bro. You know what I'm saying? They, these people believe that the federal government is their enemy. And we're not, and we're not just talking about black people in New Orleans, but I'm particularly talking about black people. Some of you talk 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 to some of the white people, they'll be able to tell you, yo, the federal government, you know what I'm saying? Boom, 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 boom. I'm not here to defend Drew Brees or white brothers and sisters that are allies. True allies. Get your men. Because we cannot afford to divest any energy into somebody who potentially is the opposition. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I believe that Drew Brees is, is I believe that his intentions are with us. And, and by us, I'm talking about people who are with abolishing the system of white supremacy that this country has operated under and replacing it with a system of justice that the system has never operated under. Justice for all its citizens. For all of its citizens. Okay? So, there's a lot of things that people need to do for their respective groups. 
for example, um, a lot of protests, uh, peaceful protests, a lot of unpeaceful protests, a lot of crimes being committed. Um, eh, I'm, 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 I'm okay. I don't mind, you know, fuck, me. fuck that Chanel store. You know what I'm saying? Fuck Target. Now, some of you may have seen um, some of our Dominican brothers, some of these East Haitians, who on Dykeman Avenue in the Bronx or the Dykeman section of the Bronx um, look to be real aggressive towards just some black Americans who seem to be walking down the street. And, um, you know, some of the older brothers came on the block the day after they had a conversation. It was nice for them to have that moment. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and now you should speak with um, somebody who's Haitian about the relationship that Haitians have with their neighboring country that they share an island with. I, I, I have my opinion. I have my theory. Um, I don't have that experience. These, these people do. Okay. Um, I, I can say that what I know from history, uh, post the Haitian revolution, um, Dessaline expelled all colonized fuck up out of here fuck up out of here fuck up out of here now Haiti and Dominican Republic they share an island that was called Hispaniola hence when I jokingly jokingly because I have friends that are Dominicans and yes I'm I'm pulling that Santana what up I have friends that are Dominican really good friends Santana's my homie um Lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I joke with the East Haitian thing because, you know, without the Haitians, y'all wouldn't have that, y'all wouldn't be Dominican Republic. You know what I'm saying? But the Dominicans, um, because they, they still wanted this colonization, they went back and they, and they you know, nestled under Spain, um, which is some punk shit, but whatever. That's what happened. So some of us believe that, you know, there's a lot of self-hate in our Dominican communities where a lot of these brothers and sisters be darker than me, but are quick to tell you that they ain't black. That's not for me to decide right now. I implore our Dominican brothers and sisters who are allies of black Americans, our Dominican brothers and sisters who are against white supremacy, who are for creating a system of justice in this country for all of its citizens, I implore you guys to get your man because we can't do it anymore. We can't do it anymore. You know what I'm saying? There has to be a system of justice and that system of justice does not start with equality. Doesn't start with equality. However, I have to I, I, I have to applaud police departments all across these United States because they um I you know, I, I thought that they did not believe in equality for decades, centuries, years, months, days, weeks. Uh people, black Americans, allies of black Americans, 
have been asking for equality some form or, or, or another. Women, you, you, you often hear women talk about, you know, um, pay equality, um, you know, w- women doing the same work as men, sometimes doing the work better than men. They should be paid more if they do a, a better job. But, but you, know, you know what I'm saying? I, I had no idea cops believed in equality until this past week because the cops were equally whooping everybody's ass. And that's, that's how we got here. That's why there's progress in this thing. You see, now I'm speaking with our white brothers and sisters that listen to this podcast. And listen, according to Spotify, um, 97% of my listenership is in the United States, right? Which is, and I mean, yo, hey, shout out to everybody in Japan that's listening to this. Um, all Everybody all over Asia, uh, people all over South America. I don't know why nobody listens to me in Africa, but um, I'm going to try my best to change that. Um, This past week, I I had, I'll say maybe four or five white people that I know. Some of them were former coworkers I haven't spoken to in a while. Some of them are people that I speak to more, more frequently. And they reached out to me and, you know, just, just as kind of a checkup. I appreciate that. Even though I, 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 I had jokes, I'm still going to have jokes. Y'all can get these jokes. I appreciated that because you ain't have to do that. So thank you. Right. Thank you for making the attempt to be a decent person. Not to say that you were indecent or that most of you are not decent. I believe that most of you are good people. But thank you for not leaving it up to my assumptions. Thank you for having the courage to prove to me, to prove to yourself that you were. You see what I'm saying? Um. So for our white brothers and sisters, I implore you to lead the charge in correcting the the views, the thoughts, the opinions of your family members. Thank you so much for calling your black friends and checking on your black friends this past week, but also call your aunt the judge. Call your uncle, the prosecutor. Call your cousin, the police officer. You know what I'm saying? Right? Call, call, call these people and talk to these people. Right? Um, because, listen, things, things are bad when we watch the television and we watch cops pushing 75-year-old white dudes brutalizing them. We see cops shooting white women in the face with rubber bullets, brutalizing them. Right? Carl Douglas, the great Carl Douglas, the great lawyer, the great attorney Carl Douglas. Um, I love listening to Carl Douglas. Very insightful, very funny, very energetic brother. He was on, you know, radio all last week. And I listened to, shit, that was a bird. And I listened to um, as much Carl Douglas as I could. And Carl Douglas said something that was very astute, right? And it's not something that um, is, is missed by a lot of black people. 
What I mean is, Carl Douglas says um, that in order for there to be progress racially in these United States, white people got to get involved. White people got to be uncomfortable. And we see white people being uncomfortable, right? But also, Carl Douglas made a point. This is Carl Douglas's point. Black people been using heroin, dying from heroin for decades. A couple of white girls start using it. They take pictures of themselves using it, and they're from Ohio. We call it opioids, and now we got a crisis. You know what I'm saying? Black women historically were trying to get abortions, trying to take control over their bodies forever. A couple of white women did it. We got suffrage. We got Roe versus Wade. We 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 made it to where we can get abortion. Right? Black people been getting locked up for marijuana, for weed, losing jobs. Uh to this day. To this day. Shout out Beyonce Wild. Um white people start using it. We pay taxes on it when we go to the store to purchase cannabis. Listen, white people, you're on the clock, yo. Now, I am willing, and and let me talk to my black people for like this point. Black people, we have to allow motherfuckers to make mistakes. You cannot expect people to get it right on the first shot. They not. We got to allow them to make mistakes. White people, I am here to let you know. I am allowing you guys to make mistakes as long as your mistakes are in good faith. You know what I'm saying? Back when I used to play ball, my coach would say, yo, I don't mind you making mistakes. Make make an aggressive mistake. You know what I'm saying? White people, listen. You get it. You're going to make mistakes. But when you make a mistake and you get checked on that mistake, you correct it. That's all we ask. That's it. You know what I'm saying? But um, there's so many questions as to why this time is different than now. And I'm, I, and I don't believe that this time is different in, in, in terms of uh, us seeing the cops murder a man on video. Okay? Now, Minneapolis has its own struggle with their police department. I, 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 don't, I don't know the details to that. Um, but a lot of us are seeing this uh, uh, defund the police thing, and a lot of people are talking about abolishing the police. Now, I, I'm, I'm not sure what that means exactly. I'm not sure. Um, but the defunding part, I, I'm pretty sure I know what that means. What that basically means is a realignment, a reallocation of resources. Right. And, you know, we're we're just going to cut back on the police budget and invest in other parts of our city's budget. Because what does safety mean? Right. Like, like, you know, people say that we that that we have cops keep us safe. But what does safety mean? Right. Where I live, I live in a pretty decent area, live in a pretty decent neighborhood. As I as I record this right now, little kids is running around playing. And, and 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 that young girl was real small, right? Little kids running around playing. Um, 
you know, it's lots of green grass, lots of, you know, people riding bikes. Lots of that stuff here, right? Um, in other parts of Jersey, nicer parts of Jersey, for example, you go to Millstone Township, not the one in Somerset County, the one, because um, there's a lot of opioid users in the one in Somerset County, um, but the one in Monmouth County, lots of million-dollar homes, uh, probably got a really good public school system out there. Um they don't even have a police department. The state police is the one that, you know, if you call 911 or whatever, the state police will respond to that, right? So these people in Millstone Township in Monmouth County, they have a very safe community without a police presence. In black communities, we view safe by how many police there are. Not really black communities, but places where black people live. We determine how safe it is based off how many police officers are within eyesight. So, 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 who, who are these cops keeping safe? If we've established that they're not keeping black people safe, I believe since 2013 there have been over 1,200 people murdered by black people murdered by the cops in these United States since 2013. Cops ain't keeping all citizens safe. And, you know, there was a guy who was sitting down while a song was playing silently to protest the unjust treatment of soldiers employed by the state against black people. And he was blackballed. And the people he was blackballed by, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure there was a settlement for past labor, right, for, for uh, uh, wrongful like termination or something like that, I believe that there was a settlement, there was an NDA signed to not disclose that amount, whatever, I don't know, I don't know what that is, but I, there's a debt that's owed. And if that debt isn't owed to Colin Kaepernick, that debt is owed to somebody like a Trent Hodges. Excuse me, Craig Hodges. Um, I tried to combine Trent Tucker and Craig Hodges. Uh, Craig Hodges. Craig Hodges. Um, you know, it's so funny. We we watched the last dance, and I believe Craig Hodges was on the last dance for. In fact, I don't think Craig Hodges was on the last dance. But Craig Hodges used to play for the Chicago Bulls, won a championship in 1991 with the Chicago Bulls. Um, Craig Hodges also won the three point competition in the 1991 All Star game. After teams win championships, they go talk to the president. They talk to George Bush, the first George Bush. Um, and, and Craig Hodges wore a dashiki, and he had a list of um, questions for President Bush about what President Bush is going to do to improve the standard of living in black communities, right? So after this, Craig Hodges um, is released. And he's unsigned, and he never. Pl- I don't think he ever plays another minute in the NBA. So that in 1992, he has to defend his three-point shooting competition at the All-Star Game in 1992, wearing just an NBA warm-up, a blanket, a blank NBA warm-up, because he was signed to no team. A debt is owed. 
Craig Hodges. A debt is owed to all the brothers and sisters that have been blackballed. A debt is owed to Monique. A debt is owed. I know that Oprah's putting a special together, and we'll see what happens with this special, but a debt is owed. I don't know. I don't have anything negative to say about Oprah today. A debt is owed. Period. Right? For all of the people that have been blackballed simply because you believe that your people aren't receiving fair treatment by our government. I think that this, I, I think that that's a fact considering that recently, very recently, I I read it yesterday as I'm recording this. I'm not sure when, when, when like the article was published, but you know, there's six branches of government. Excuse me, there's six branches of military. Right? We got the, 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 the army, we got the, the, the air force, we got the, the the navy, we got the coast guard, uh we got the marines, and now we got space force. Right? The Marines publicly outlawed or banned um any memorabilia showing the Confederate flag. And I was like, wait, this can't be true. Because the Confederate flag was, well, not was, is a treasonous flag created by um, a group of people that wanted to overthrow our government. And they had a fight over this. And the people who flew the treasonous flag lost that fight. So then how can you then allow new people to enlist and fly this flag, have coffee mugs with this flag, wear T-shirts with this flag or whatever? If you're supposed to be fighting for our military, fighting for our government, you're supposed to be the ones that keep us safe at night. How are you celebrating a treasonous flag? That's a serious question. Serious question. How are you? How are you doing that? If you're not a tra- if if you're not a traitor yourself. And see, the reason why they're not viewed as traitors, the reason why people, the reason why the federal government still allows Mississippi to have the Confederate flag in their state flag, the reason why up until 2002 Georgia had the Confederate flag as in in their state flag is because white supremacy is American culture. A debt is owed. So it's no surprise that black people who fought in the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the Civil War, World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Korea, even the Shadow Wars, the wars that we ain't supposed to know about, you know what I'm saying? No wonder why these brothers don't get the treatment that they deserve. These black women also. What is that black woman's name? And and damn it, I should have looked this up. But there, there was a black woman who was brutally uh, murdered. And I believe she was in the army. And, um, you know, you know what I'm saying? They, like, found her body. She had teeth that was loose, uh, bruises on her face. I believe somebody poured acid on her genitals. And she had a gunshot wound, but her death was ruled a suicide. 
listen, talk to a black woman that's in our military, any branch of our military. Talk to a black woman about their experiences in our United States military and ask them if they feel like they received justice during their time serving our country. A debt is owed. All right? A, a, a debt is owed. So while everybody goes to get their shit in order, right, um, black people, let's not be fooled. Let's not be fooled by the symbolic gestures. Let's not be fooled by cops taking knees and shit. Let's not be fooled by cops marching with us. Let's not be fooled by what these mayors do, right? Like uh, um, uh, Mayor Bowser in D.C. It's a really nice gesture, the whole Black Lives Matter thing on the street of D.C., um, changing the street name to Black Lives Matter way and all that. Thank you for that, for that gesture, for that show of symbolic allegiance. But let's also talk about why and how she's allocating money to be spent by her city. Talk to some of the black citizens in Washington, D.C. There used to be a lot of them. Talk to some of the ones that are still left about how they feel like this mayor is treating them. Right? Talk to some of the black people in New York about how Mayor Mayor de Blasio, A, how he's treating black citizens, how black citizens feel about him, um, as the police officers who claim to hate Mayor de Blasio arrested black children at protests. That's something that we got to get right. That's something that we got to take care of in-house. Right? Billy Porter. Bro, I understand where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from. I may not agree where you're coming from, but I understand where you're coming from. What I don't understand, though, is why we never accuse or why there is nobody ever from the gay community, LGBT community, that speaks out about white homophobia. Right? I, I man, one of my earliest pods I talked about uh uh I talked about Marsha Johnson. I don't I I'm not sure if Marsha Johnson was just a drag queen or if she was actually a trans woman. I'm not sure if I if I give her the wrong pronoun, don't JK Rowling me. Um but one of the things that she said um was uh it's easy for white people to protest gay rights um because then they could be, because they're protesting so that they can be so they can reassimilate into middle-class white American society where black gays don't have that luxury. And she was right. She was right. I mean, there's tons of white supremacy in the gay community. Tons. Yes. Black people need, black people need to do better with how we treat our trans brothers and sisters. We need to do better in understanding their experiences and, and understanding their lives and where they're coming from. We need to do better with that, for sure. We need to do better with looking at these people with an open mind so that we can understand their experiences fully. Correct. Correct. Yep. 
but we never talk about homophobia in any other community. And they've made movies about white homophobia. There's a movie, uh, Boys Don't Cry, where Hillary Swank uh, plays a trans man. And I believe it's based on a true story. Check out the movie, Boys, Boys Don't Cry. Right? Um, recently, the police, the, the president of the police union in, you know, like Minneapolis, made egregious comments about um, somebody who was employed by the city of Minneapolis. I believe uh, it's a trans liaison. It's somebody who's, who's responsible for a relationship amongst trans people. He made, an, he made a comment. I mean, if he was black and he made that comment, you know what I'm saying? I, I never hear the Billy Porter's coming at these people. I never hear the Billy Porters talking about the racism that our black gay brothers and sisters experience by white people that they share a community with. I've never heard any prominent black gay voice say anything against Ed Buck and the suspected serial killing that he does to black men. Never. So you know what? Because we need support from our gay brothers and our gay sisters and our trans brothers and our trans sisters. Black people, we got to do the work to reach Billy Porter, to help him. Because he, he, he may not know. He may not know. Terry Crews, fuck that nigga. He, he is too far gone. Right? But, but, but listen, there is a debt that needs to be paid. I know often I don't talk about my personal life or my personal views. Um, but when I say that we need to destroy the system of white supremacy and replace it with a system of justice, what I'm talking about is justice starts in the form of paying back your debt. Ben and Jerry's makes a statement about the 1619 Jamestown colony and uh, transatlantic slavery starting there. That's fine. That's fine. It's 400 years ago. It's fine. Um, black bodies were the first commodity traded in these United States for capital. In New York City, there's a street called Wall Street. And present day, this street is known for trading. Well, the first things that were traded in these United States were black bodies. The debt is owed. Right? There are so many effects that people currently have to deal with as a result of slave, slavery, slave trade, psychologically. A debt is owed. Right? A debt is owed. You know what I'm saying? There were towns, even 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 post post slavery. Scratch that. Let me go back for a second. The United States of America, the United States government, were able to amass an incredible amount of wealth because they were able to farm the land, create these goods. 
manufacture these goods, create economies, create markets, create systems without paying their labor force, as well as create ancillary, you know, businesses and industries and trading markets off of the fact that they trade black bodies, off of the fact that they don't have to pay their labor, okay? So what I mean by that is, yeah, the United States became the number one cotton producer in the world as a result of slavery, right? But what did slavery do for the shipping industries? What did slavery do for the lumber, you know, companies? What did slavery do for the railroad companies? They say that the Chinamen built the railroad, not in the South, not in the North, right? So listen, it's real, it's real cute that now people are tearing down these statues of Confederate generals or of, of slavers. Long overdue. Thank you. Long overdue. But that's proof that a debt is owed. Proof that a debt is owed. Okay? During Reconstruction, a period in which we never hear about, right? The reason why we have the, the, <laughs> the concept of pimping came as a result of Reconstruction because White guys love some black women. So white guys used to just be able to, you know, rape their slaves. Not anymore, because these are free people. But also now, you got to find a way to protect these people because these women have experienced the savagery. But when you free a whole bunch of people who weren't even considered humans for a long part of the history, honestly, still aren't really considered humans, considering we have an actual we had an actual compromise in our constitutions, strictly for the means of advancing our our, our society, our capitalist society, um, where they had to do a census, something that we're doing now, and they were saying, hey, you guys aren't counting all of the people that live on your land, and and all of the people who I say was like, what are you talking about? Yes, I am. Only people that live on my land are me, my wife, a couple of my kids, kids that I have with my wife, of course, not kids that I have with the slaves that I own, kids that I have with my wife. Maybe maybe it's about five people, you know. I probably employ a couple of overseers, probably 10 people that are on my land. They're like, nah, bro, you got 90 slaves. Oh, there ain't people. Let's make a compromise to competition. You know what I'm saying? So, so it ain't a... It, it, it ain't a North-South thing. It ain't a Democrat-Republican thing. It's a white supremacy thing. And our government is complicit in white supremacy. Our government owns a debt. Government owes a debt. Right? So back to my point about pimping. A lot of the slaves would escort these women to their date to go see whatever white dude that was, you know what I'm saying, paying for it. After the deed was done, brother made sure that she got paid for it, and they went about their business. This resulted in a lot of black people being able to, you know, build black communities for themselves, right? There's a brother that put out a thread on Twitter. Uh, what, 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 what's the brother's name? Here we go. V-E-R-K-J. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to say the word, but, you know, T-H-E-E-R-K-J put out a really good thread where, where, where you know, he talks about some of the history. I, I, I challenge everybody. 
to become better versed in history, learn from the history. We've talked about the myriad of black communities that were, that were built all throughout, all throughout these United States that were destroyed simply because they're black. And they, and they never received any justice where men, women, and children had businesses destroyed. They were killed, murdered, rain, maimed. Women were raped with no justice. A debt is owed. A debt is owed. Right? There was a boy once, Ben and Jerry talked about him. His name was Emmett Till. Emmett Till was murdered, I believe, 1954, 1955 sometime. His mom said, no, 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 keep my baby's casket open, even though his face was brutally disfigured, grotesquely disfigured because of the abuse that he received on account of a lie. He was murdered because of a lie. Um, his mom said, no, 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 keep my baby casket open so the world can see what they did to my baby. And that image, us looking at this child's brutally disfigured face and body is believed to what inspired the fight for civil rights. Fast forward to civil rights. Never mind. Oh, pause for one second. Let's not fast forward. Let's stay right where we were. The woman who lied and said that Emmett Till whistled at her is still alive today. This woman has admitted publicly that, that she lied about this. So she told a lie. Somebody was murdered. I believe that's a crime. Emmett Till still hasn't received justice. His family still hasn't received justice for the murder of a 14-year-old child because a white woman lied. A debt is owed. Okay? So now let's fast forward to civil rights. Because our country is so deeply rooted in white supremacy, politicians were saying, listen, we know things are bad, but we just can't give black people rights. We got to give them to everybody else. So the fight, and it was our elder brother, John Carlos's birthday. If you don't know who John Carlos is, shame on you. It's one of the, uh, one of the brothers, him, uh, he, he was one of the brothers that um, held up the Black Fist in the 1968 summer games after winning the 200-meter dash. And um, he asked, uh, what's the Australian dude's name that came in second? I believe Peter something. Peter, Peter was the Australian guy's name. Asked him, hey, man, do you believe in human rights? Because when our ancestors were fighting for, for civil rights, they, they, they were saying we're fighting for human rights to be treated like human beings. By this, by this country. So, so they were looking for allies who considered them to be human. And we found allies, for sure. For sure, we did. But when it came time for resources to be dispersed and benefits to be claimed as a result of the civil rights movement, everybody got something before black people did, even though we were the ones leading the charge. Every other demographic, race of people, that have been unjustly persecuted by our government has been compensated 
for that. Our indigenous brothers and sisters, albeit they still might be owed the debt, they negotiated their own deal, but they got paid by our federal government. They were allotted certain sets of privileges that our federal government does not offer many other people. So they build casinos on their land and they're able to profit off of these casinos and keep that revenue for their communities and do whatever they want to do with these casinos. We can argue about whether, you know, they got a good deal, they got a bad deal or whatever. They got a deal that they negotiated. That's their business. Good for them. During the World War II era, our president, president that a lot of people love, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, chose to imprison Japanese Americans in these internment camps. Something foul, very, very, very foul of him to do that. As a result of this, Japanese Americans were compensated. Victims of the Holocaust were compensated by the United States government, even though the United States government didn't have shit to do with it, to the best of my knowledge. They were compensated. Black Americans are the only one that have yet to yet receive any compensation for the wrong done to us by our government. The reason why we have dips in the sidewalk, when we walk on the sidewalk, you know, when you're walking on the sidewalk and, and there's a little dip in the curb and the curb kind of merges right onto the street and becomes a flat path. That's a stipulation in the civil rights movement for our handicapable brothers and sisters, people in wheelchairs that still need to access all of the public streets. So that's a, that's a, that's a thing of civil rights. You know, you can almost compare it to what NCAA programs do and how NCAA programs treat their players. They have a certain amount of revenue, a certain amount of money, and they have to find something to do with this money because they have to justify not paying the players. So they say, hey, man, we just built this $11 million locker room. And because we just built this $11 million locker room, there's no money left to pay the players. You know what I'm saying? That was something that's very similar to what happened in civil rights. Hey, you know, um, this isn't just for black people. You know, this is for all minorities and white women are minorities. Uh, gay white guys are minorities, so um, a certain amount of money had to be allocated so that the government can help fund. You know what I'm saying? Let's even go back further a little bit. We talked briefly about the GI Bill, but let's talk about the Homestead Act. The Homestead Act, which 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 really uh, created the middle class in this society. Um, where the federal government gave people land to go live in other parts of the country they, that basically encouraged white flight, so they moved white people out of these cities and gave people money and stipends and government grants and all types of shit so they can go live in Kentucky and Indiana. And, and you know, th- I, mean, I mean, that's why a lot of these states, and shout out to my listeners in these states, but a lot of these states are enclaves of white suburbia um, because black people, 
were not given opportunities to benefit from the Homestead Act. Even a state like Oregon, believe it or not, a state like Oregon, it was illegal for black people to live in the state of Oregon at one point in time. A debt is owed. A debt is owed. Right? Period. And shout out to our elder brother, Bob Johnson. Bob Johnson threw a number out there. He said $14 trillion. It's a good place to start negotiating. It's a good place to start negotiating. $14 trillion is a good place to start negotiating. And I know what some of you self-hating coon niggas is thinking who probably don't have a black American grandmother. Y'all are thinking, oh, well, niggas is just going to give the money away. Why are you going to give them some money? You know they just going to give it right. Yep, 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 yep. Some people may very well give the money right back, for sure. Some won't. Honestly, it's stupid, in my opinion, for the United States not to invest in their citizens. We, we see that they were able to just print $2 trillion out of nowhere and then give most of it away to corporations. But it's during this COVID thing. We've seen that they were able to do that. So don't talk to me about where the money's going to come from. We can find the money. You know what I'm saying? As opposed to buying 200 planes a year that the United States military don't need, we'll buy 100 planes. That's all. Just buy half of the fighter jets or half of the tanks that the Pentagon said that they don't need. Just buy half the tanks that you were supposed to buy for the next five to seven years and then use that money as a reparations fund, as a justice fund for your citizens. Because the debt is owed. And some of you may be asking, Oh, who's going to get this money? Because how are you going to give it and who's going to get it and how are you going to... Listen, I think that if you can't trace your great-grandmother or your great-grandfather back to being a, a lawfully born United States citizen, whatever, money should be evenly distributed amongst those who can trace their lineage back two to three generations. And if that's too vast, three to four. Not that I'm discounting our brothers from other parts of the other world, our sisters from other parts of the world. Right? But if you're from Ghana, take that shit up with the take that shit up with the Ghanaian government. Take that shit up with the Nigerian government. Right? You Jamaican, take that shit up with the British government. We'll support you. If you support us, because black because black people support everything. We support everybody. And nobody supports us. Even now. Right? They saying, oh, we got to go vote. We got to go vote. Locally, yes, we do. Vote for the general election. We're supposed to vote for Biden, the 1994 crime bill. Joe Biden called it the Biden bill. (laughs) 
the Biden bill. He called it the Biden bill. Yo, how many brothers and sisters is in prison because of this? Because of this bill. The prison system, the prison system that was created during the 13th Amendment saying that, you know, all people, slavery will be outlawed except in terms of prisoner servitude. A debt is owed. I'm totally fine if black Americans don't vote in this general election because those kente cloth wearing Democrats need our votes to defeat President Pussy Grabber because that's how much this country wants to stay a white supremacist country. They elect an incompetent nincompoop like Donald J. Trump to be president of our country. And if black people don't vote for Joe Biden, Joe Biden loses. Therefore, black people are once again asked to save this shithole country. And I'm totally fine if we don't. Because Donald Trump is the president white America deserves. I'm totally fine if black Americans do not participate in anything as it pertains to this government until a debt is paid. Because the debt is owed. Period. There's no if ands or buts that I can do about it. Every week we hear about some guy getting released from prison due to newfounded DNA evidence and he was wrongfully convicted twenty seven years ago and we'll give him five million dollars. Sorry. Sorry we stole twenty years of your life. Here's five million. The debt is owed. The debt is owed. Period. So We'll see what happens. Um, That's where I stand. And if you're an ally of black Americans, get your people. Get your people. Educate your people. Talk to your people. Because we in the black American community, we have a lot of work to do about getting our people, getting our ducks in a row getting our shit together as we take on the second part of this fight. So we'll see what happens. Um, It should be fun, to say the least. And uh, where we at? Oh, wow. Yeah, pretty good episode. I think I might record outside more often. You know, enjoying this June weather. Getting a little... Get a little sun, working on my tan. I mean, I'm looking at my chest. I can I, I afford to do a little bit more push-ups. But uh, we'll work on that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Hood Loves Me podcast. Um, subscribe, rate, and comment. Oh, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll save it for next episode. Subscribe, rate, and comment. Um, if this is your first time listening to the Hood Loves Me podcast, thank you. And um, I'll talk to you all next week, man. Again, thank you guys very much. Please be safe. Uh, whether you believe it or not, we're still under a pandemic. Um, unless you're riding, of course. Go figure. And uh, I'll talk to you all next week. You take it easy.
Yeet!